Listener Production. Wall Street recovers from yesterday's flourish of selling. And Aussie shares expected to open lower on Friday ahead of private sector credit data. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Friday the 22nd of December. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, it's a wistful occasion. It's our last podcast of the year. And we've seen US stocks stumble yesterday, but they're having a better day today. The Dow Jones up 0.4% of a percent, the S&P 500 up by a half, the NASDAQ leading the charge up 0.7 of a percent. Small caps uh, doing well with the Russell 2000 up by around 0.8 of a percent. It's looking better. Certainly better than the 1.5% dip that we saw yesterday. So listeners will note that at around 6 o'clock yesterday, the market was up. And of course, in the last hour of trade, we saw a broad-based sell-off. And we did see the S&P 500 index fall by the most since September and the Dow Jones fell the most since October. Yes, the perils of trying to get a podcast out in a timely manner, I suppose, Ryan. But the key thing to observe, I suppose, at this time of the year are the liquidity conditions. So you could have made quite a big impression in a rather efficient way yesterday, getting prices down without actually having to, to do that much given liquidity is a little bit challenged at this time of the year. And some market watchers blamed the swoon in US stocks on so-called zero day, whereby (laughs) options were, well, in terms of the hefty put volumes likely led options holders to dump underlying equities. So it's a complicated explanation, that one. But of course, derivatives and futures do play a part in equities markets. But the broader picture of slowing inflation and rate cut bets mean Speed humps like this may be short-lived, and we've seen that today. Indeed, and what stood out today is that the economic news that was received pushed interest rates lower once again. You had a 10-year government bond at one stage uh, trading around 3.84%. It's pushed back higher as a result, but the reason that rates moved lower is that you had some revisions to GDP, which came in on the, would you say, softer side? I wouldn't actually describe it as soft but below what the market was looking at. And the a number of people claiming unemployment benefits at a two-month low and pretty much at, at the around the lows of the year, probably not much of a catalyst, but it's been talked about in those terms. Well, it retained the Goldilocks scenario. So we did see economic growth still very healthy in the September quarter in the third estimate at 4.9% annualised. That was down from the second estimate of 5.2%. It was still the fastest expansion since the fourth quarter of 2021. But what stood out within the numbers was the down revision to the consumption figure. So this is consumer spending. And we saw that consumer spending element for the third quarter revised down to 3.1% from 3.6%. Still healthy, but Certainly, it did show a bit of a slowing in spending, and that provided markets with a bit of impetus. Well, a lens that could serve you well at this point in time is looking at these figures and like just giving them a sniff and say, does that feel like a rate cut environment? So, you know, with growth still in the neighborhood of, you know, 5%, is that the sort of setting that you would expect the Federal Reserve to be cutting into, Ryan? Well, the economy looks very resilient at the moment. Jobless claims are near historic lows at the moment. So markets may be getting somewhat ahead of themselves. But of course, much will hinge on the inflation data released tonight, Tom. And we're expected to see the core personal consumption expenditures deflator, which is the US Federal Reserve's preferred measure, continuing to slow. We could see the headline PC inflation fall 0.1% in November from the previous month due to lower gasoline prices. 
Core inflation is expected to be flat in the month, and we could see the actual annualised number ease back from 3.5% to 3.1%. On a six-month annualised basis, core PCE likely advanced by just 2%, bang on the Fed's target. But there will be a big focus on what's called the super core PCE. That basically is core services excluding rents and owners equivalent. That's what the US Federal Reserve has been looking at. That likely rose 0.2%, may grow 3.7% on the year. A lot of numbers. We're still away from that 2% target, but certainly heading um, in the right direction. Yeah, that that six-month annualised outcome is certainly very encouraging, but there's a dizzying array, as you rightly point out, in terms of the numbers on offer here. But I suppose for civilians, the 3.3% annualised pace of the core number, which uh, the markets are looking for, will be the key as to how stocks and bonds respond. So 3.3 is the magic number that we're looking for. Anything below that will be warmly embraced. As we speak, the Dow Jones is now up by 0.5% and the S&P 500 is up 0.6% with the NASDAQ up 0.8%. So a little bit of a kick on And what we did see last night in terms of top gainers, Micron Technologies, it rose 6.8%, as did Sintas after forecast beating quarterly revenue. Salesforce gained 2.3%, lifted by Morgan Stanley's prediction the software firm would soar to a record high. And then we've got CarMax adding 4.2% after the year's vehicle retailer posted third quarter earnings that top expectations. So broad-based gains there, Tom. Indeed. The the other important price move of the session has been a rather sizable fall in oil prices. At one stage, you had West Texas Intermediate crude oil down by almost 3%. So this turns around the fact that you've seen discord uh, where OPEC is concerned. Angola has spat the dummy. It's uh, leaving. It's not having a bar of it anymore. That has contributed to uh, the unwieldy oil price, I suppose. It's recovered since, having seen that knock. So uh, as we speak right now, we've got the US price down by around three quarters of a cent, about 56 cents to 73.66. But the point to make, Ryan, is that at these levels, you know, you're not far off the lowest levels of the year. 67 and change is where we saw it in June. That's interesting, isn't it? It could certainly pull the rug from under the oil price at the moment. There's been a big focus on the impact of Red Sea shipping delays and, of course, the Middle Eastern conflict with Israel and Hamas. But if the OPEC accord falls apart, then certainly with no consensus for production cuts and no compliance around those production cuts, we could see oil prices conceivably fall further in terms of other commodities, Tom, Gulf futures are up 0.2% to 2051.30 US dollars an ounce. Iron ore futures continue to lift up by 0.3% to 135.31 US dollars a tonne, supported by tight inventories and expectations of robust Chinese demand, despite an uncertain outlook. So certainly the gold and iron ore miners could perform quite well today, Tom. One area of the market which could be under some pressure, at least there'll be a big focus on, is the rare earths. So Linus rare earths is the standout here. And what we have heard is that China is intending to ban exports of those rare earths out of the country. So it's actually the technology that is used in the processing of rare earths. So that sort of dovetails into a broader picture of them restraining the export of rare earths, like China is responsible for mining 60% of rare earth metals that are used in 
a whole bunch of things. Even a magnet relies on. Yes. Yeah. Rare earths apparently are a cluster of 17 elements used in everything from wind turbines to military hardware and electric vehicles. So they're very important. So look out for Linus rare earths on the Aussie market today. It may move on the back of its development. Just in terms of the Aussie market today, Tom, there's not much to report. Of course, the Aussie market is closed on Monday for Christmas Day and Boxing Day on Tuesday reopens on Wednesday. Neither of us will be here, of course. In terms of the economic data, the last piece of the puzzle is released today, not a very important one. We expect a modest 0.3% increase in private sector credit growth in November, despite the RBA increasing the cash rate to 4.35% in the month of November. Demand for housing should keep owner-occupier credit growth at 0.4%, while business credit growth looks set for a similar-sized increase, Tom. The Aussie dollar has given the 68 US cent mark a nudge overnight. It's suffered a bit of vertigo at that level and it's pulled back to 67.8, but still a very good outcome, uh, a reflection of the US dollar index falling by around three quarters of a percent. Ryan, I just want to thank you for your company over the course of this year. We would like to wish all of our listeners a happy and healthy festive season and a happy new year. We'll be back on Monday, January the 8th. And we'll be counting the hours. So have a great Chrissy, and we'll talk to you next time. This podcast is prepared, approved, and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting, and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.